This is the news from the Lord. In her opening statement obtained by NBC News, Barrett won't mention her conservatism or devout Catholic religious views. As a Notre Dame law professor, Barrett signed on to a 2006 newspaper ad calling the legacy of Roe versus Wade barbaric, and she'll face questions about abortion. I will be focused on her state of views on a woman's right to choose. Democrats also warning she could be the deciding vote to strike down the Affordable Care Act, with arguments in a critical case set for just days after the election. Joe Biden's running mate, Kamala Harris, is also on the committee, attending the hearings virtually from her Senate office, tweeting that Republicans are endangering lives. We know Barrett is expected to ultimately be confirmed on a party line vote. And if that happens, it's going to be the most partisan vote for a Supreme Court justice in modern history. Democrats have seen just an absolute wave of donations, money coming in from people who are motivated by this very question. Democrats today, you'll see in a few minutes, planning on displaying photos of constituents who could stand to lose their health care. Hello, America. This is Jeffrey Lord welcoming you to the word of the Lord. Well, let's talk a little bit about Judge Amy Coney Barrett, who is being grilled by senators uh, as we speak. Let me just start with the opening paragraph from a Fox News story. Judge Amy Coney Barrett's Supreme Court confirmation hearing kicked off on Monday with Democrats trying to paint her as a potential threat to the rights of women and minorities, unquote. Now, can you imagine that? Here is uh, uh, a federal judge, a woman, and yet she is supposed to be a threat to the rights of women. Let me just uh, recount for you what I call the... um, Clarence Thomasing of Amy Coney Barrett. Thurgood Marshall was the first African-American to be appointed to the Supreme Court of the United States. He had a very, very distinguished background. He was in private legal practice in Baltimore. He founded uh, the NAACP's Legal Defense and Educational Fund and was its executive director. And in that uh, position, he argued a number of cases before the Supreme Court, most notably Brown versus Board of Education, uh, which held that racial segregation in public education is a violation of the Equal Protection Clause. In 1961, President Kennedy appointed him to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit. And four years later, President Johnson put Thurgood Marshall uh, uh, in the Justice Department as the United States Solicitor General. In 1967, Johnson uh, nominated Thurgood Marshall to succeed the retiring Associate Justice Tom Clark. And he was confirmed, sat on that bench honorably uh, as a liberal, I might add, until the administration of President George H.W. Bush. Now, here's where this gets interesting. I personally had the opportunity in the Reagan White House to work on five Supreme Court nominations. I really got interested in this, even though I'm not a lawyer. And that included the nomination of Robert Bork, which became quite controversial and wound up using his last name as a verb, as in to bork, or we're going to be borking someone, which meant, in essence, to smear them to try and destroy their reputation. Robert Bork's America is a land in which women would be forced into back alley abortions, 
Blacks would sit at segregated lunch counters. Rogue police could break down citizens' doors in midnight raids. And school children could not be taught about evolution. Writers and artists would be censured at the whim of government. I almost single-handedly made sure that Robert Bork did not get on the court because he did not think there should be enumerated rights. Enumerated. At this point in 1991, I'm uh, out of the White House. I'm in the uh, Bush administration at HUD, working for Secretary Jack Kemp. So I'm not involved in this, but I've watched it closely. And on a fine day, I think in July of 1991, President Bush emerges from his home in Kennebunkport, Maine, and at his side was Judge Clarence Thomas. And what was particularly interesting here was that upon the retirement of Justice Marshall, the cry went up from civil rights organizations, from various Democrats, that this was the quote-unquote black seat on the Supreme Court. And President Bush emerges with an African-American by the name of Clarence Thomas. What happened? Well, let me just read you a headline and a little bit of a story from the Los Angeles Times in the day. The headline, NAACP vows to fight Thomas's confirmation. Say what? The Times story said this. It begins this way. The NAACP on Wednesday said that it strongly opposes Supreme Court nominee Clarence Thomas, terming the black jurist too, quote, reactionary, unquote, to replace retiring Justice Thurgood Marshall and vowing to fight his Senate confirmation. The board of directors of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, the nation's oldest and most influential civil rights organization, took the position in a 49 to 1 vote even though it meant opposing one of the two blacks ever nominated to the nation's high court. We have concluded that Judge Thomas's confirmation would be inimical to the best interests of African-Americans, NAACP Chairman William F. Gibson said at a news conference. Quote, Judge Thomas's inconsistent views on civil rights policy make him an unpredictable element on an increasingly radically conservative court unquote. Say what? This is the NAACP, the premier civil rights organization of its time that Thurgood Marshall had served so loyally and well, and they're suddenly saying they're opposing a black jurist for the court because they found his stance on civil rights policy unpredictable? What in the world was going on here? Well, Judge Thomas knew exactly what was going on. And now Justice Thomas has discussed the situation in a recent documentary, Created Equal, Clarence Thomas in His Own Words, in which Judge Thomas just spends time looking into the camera and talking about, uh, among other things, the battle to get him on the court. He said that his opponents for the court believe that, quote, and I'm quoting him directly here, you're not really black because you're not doing what we expect black people to do, unquote. And he added, We know exactly what's going on here. This is the wrong black guy. He has to be destroyed, unquote. Justice Thomas was exactly right. The hard fact is that the left, and by 1991 when Thomas was nominated, the NAACP was long gone from advancing civil rights and had become a reflexively far-left interest group, views the NAACP today views black Americans as their political property. 
former Vice President Joe Biden blurted this reality out not long ago when he told a black talk show host that, quote, if you're for Trump, you ain't black, unquote. But as Judge Amy Coney Barrett is finding out this week, the idea of blacks as political property on the liberal plantation isn't limited to blacks. It also includes women and, for that matter, Hispanics and now gays. As with the confirmation battle over Justice Thomas, Amy Coney Barrett's real sin is that she is a very smart, extremely well-qualified woman who is a conservative, which effectively makes her, in the eyes of the left, a traitor to her gender, just as Justice Thomas was seen as a traitor to his race. To add insult to injury, Barrett is a devout Catholic and the mother of seven with two of her children adopted and black. Joe Biden, reply Amy Barrett's critics, is a Catholic too. They're not anti-Catholic. Ah, but the difference, yes, he is a Catholic who long ago changed his position and now supports abortion. Amy Barrett is on record as having criticized Roe v. Wade, and that is, for the left, the ultimate political sin. What is it that makes the left and the Democratic Party insist that to be black or a woman has to mean liberal as well? The answer is very simple. This is how progressives get political power. Racism and genderism, both identity politics, are the political fuel of the American left. And if you are either black, like Justice Thomas, and a woman, like Judge Barrett, and God forbid you have departed the liberal plantation, The left is coming for you if you are nominated or elected to any serious position of power in American government. Time after time after time after time, some version of this has played out well beyond the treatment of Justice Thomas or what Judge Barrett is currently experiencing. The party that celebrated the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg for her leadership on women's issues simply could not abide. The late conservative leader, Phyllis Schlafly. They celebrate former President Barack Obama, but they can't stand conservative Republican South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, with Democratic Senator Dick Durbin assailing Senator Scott as a token, quote unquote. Back during the Bush administration, and this is the Bush 43 administration I'm talking about here, the nomination of the superbly qualified Miguel Estrada for the D.C. Court of Appeals was filibustered by Democrats. In 2013, the Washington Examiner's Timothy Carney recalled why, and I'm going to quote him. He says, I prefer to start the story with the time Democrats filibustered a qualified nominee for the crime of being Hispanic. Go back to February 2003, the first weeks of a new Republican majority in the Senate, when Democrats were blocking a vote on D.C. court nominee Miguel Estrada. Liberal writer Dahlia Lithwick at Slate covered the upheaval around the filibuster and chastised Republicans for the, quote, grotesque claim that Estrada is being blocked because he's Hispanic, unquote. But of course, writes Carney, that was why Democrats were filibustering Estrada. In November 2001, and this was very amusing, I remember this, as Democrats debated whether to undertake an unprecedented filibuster of President George W. Bush's judicial nominees, liberal groups, interest groups, that is, met with Senate Democrats. 
We know about this meeting because the Republican Judiciary Committee staffers improperly gained access, a.k.a. hacked the Democrats' server and downloaded the Democrats' emails and documents. And in one purloined email, an aide to Dick Durbin told his boss that the liberal activists in the meeting, quote, identified Miguel Estrada, D.C. Circuit, as especially dangerous because he has a minimal paper trail. He is Latino. And the White House seems to be grooming him for a Supreme Court appointment, unquote. Estrada, you see, as with Justice Thomas and Judge Barrett, was a traitor to his group, Hispanics in that case. And a Latino judge who was conservative is, quote, dangerous, unquote, dangerous to the idea that to be in this group, you have to be liberal. Now, in today's world, this practice has now been extended to the gay community. This is why Democrats have been so fiercely opposed to President Trump's ambassador to Germany, Richard Grinnell, when he was appointed as the acting director of National Intelligence Stories. Rick Grinnell is a gay man and a Trump supporter. And stories abound of gay Trump supporters being turned on because of their beliefs. One gentleman from Chicago by the name of Chris Mulvihill said to uh, a, a British newspaper, quote, after, after I voted for Trump in 2016 and came out as one of his supporters, I lost 90% of my friends. They found it unforgivable. My support for Trump eroded friendships. A lot of people who have an unhinged hatred for, for him and they can't accept my views, unquote. Not to be forgotten either is the boogeyman status assigned to another group white males nominated to the Supreme Court by Republican presidents. If you are one of those, the presumption is that you are the typical racist slash sexist slash homophobic crazy and must be destroyed. If you doubt me, see Justice Brett Kavanaugh. You know, this idea of insisting entire groups of Americans must be on the left took root in the American political system from the moment the Democratic Party was birthed in the early 1800s as the party of white slave owners. In that case, it took the form of being a white Southerner. If you were a white guy and later white woman when they got the right to vote, then you had to be a Democrat. Your race demanded it. Now, that principle has been expanded to blacks, to women, Hispanics, and gays. So, as the nation watches the confirmation hearings of Judge Barrett, there is, thanks to the abominable treatment of Justice Thomas, a serious understanding of just why Amy Barrett will be so vociferously opposed. She is, sin number one, a woman. A woman who was both, sin number two, a conservative, and horrors, sin number three, a conservative Catholic. And for those three sins, Democrats will do everything in their power to Thomasize her. Which is to say, just as Justice Thomas quite correctly said of himself, the goal will be to try and destroy her. So I would suggest buckle in, send your good wishes to Judge Barrett. She will get through this. I think she will win the day. But this is what they're all about. And this shows you exactly that the the party that preens itself, preens as the uh, party of diversity and inclusion, is neither. So there it is, the word from the Lord this week. And uh, thank you for coming. I hope you'll stop by my uh, website, The Jeffrey Lord. And we will talk again soon. 
Thanks. Over and out.